Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We are continuing with our series, The Wealth Files. This is episode three, I believe. Yeah, the first time we talked about the why of wealth, that God gives us power to get wealth such that he can establish his kingdom for us to win souls. Last week, we talked about tithe. Yeah, after the sermon by Apostle Moses about tithe, yeah, I believe every one of us in this room has become a tither by now. Yeah, so today, we're going to look at a story that gives um, a pathway um, of wealth from a financial mess. We are going to look at a story of people or a family that was in a financial mess and how they turned that mess around to experience the blessing and prosperity of God. Amen. It is in Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. So what we're going to do, we are going to read it aloud together and then we'll break it down. Amen. Second uh, Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7, I believe it is right up there wherever you're at. Are you ready to read? All right, at the count of three we start. One, two, three, let's go. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to, to her and she poured it out. Some people have stopped reading. Oh. <laughs> now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, but she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons leave on the rest. Say, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I am ready to receive the word of God. Amen. So take me to verse 1. Let's start this journey. So the scripture says that a certain man, a certain woman, not man, of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, uh, your servant, my husband is dead. So we see a story in the scriptures of a woman whose husband is dead. And when the husband passes on, this woman realizes that she has debts, okay? And the creditor is coming to take the sons to take the sons, it's like this person, the, the, the husband to this wife, who the Bible tells us is a prophet, 
it's like he went borrowing a lot like it was a so much of a mess he went borrowing money okay and i think he didn't have enough assets so it was so dire that he decided to take his sons okay as collateral to the money lenders he says you know what <laughs> yeah behold i bring thee my children yeah they are strong they are young okay if i don't pay you take them as what as slaves yeah that is a mess it is a mess you see that the financial decisions you're making today are either setting up the next generation after you for poverty or prosperity yeah every financial decision you make today is setting up the generations after you be it your children or the people that will occupy this country for slavery or for abundance for and, and financial freedom for poverty or for prosperity yeah so this man this prophet was just moving around with his life making financial decisions that were enslaving the next generation the scripture says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children that's proverbs what 13 22 please make me look like i know the where the scriptures <laughs> please <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah proverbs 13 22 it's yeah it's the one it's the one thank you jesus i know it <laughs> a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children if we're doing that bible test that we usually do i would have failed because nkjv says two and me i said four a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children you see i believe I'm telling some people that I believe this scripture basically means, well, there is a spiritual inheritance, okay? It's, it's possible for you to live a spiritual inheritance. Like some of us are walking in the spiritual inheritance of Apostle Moses. There are battles he has fought spiritually that some of us never have to fight. Yeah. There are things he has already conquered that, yeah, some of us, we just come and swim in the blessing. And that's how come I am here preaching. Look, if it wasn't for him, I would not be here preaching to all of you people and the people online. So there is a spiritual inheritance. But I believe the inheritance they are talking about here because the next verse, he says, the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So he's talking in terms of wealth, okay? And he's saying that a good man leaves an inheritance. In other words, a good man or woman conducts the, like, like their financial resources in a way that when the next generation comes they will find something they will find something valuable that they can pass on to their children that's why he says he leaves an inheritance to his children's children so what financial decisions are you making today are they setting up the people coming after you for prosperity or for poverty? Yeah. What decisions are you making today? They say that the ceiling of every generation should be the foundation of the next generation. Though for you to have a ceiling, you need to have a house, I think, right? Now, financially, some people, that statement doesn't apply to them because they have no house fi financially yeah 
Yeah, because for you now, you need a foundation, walls, a roof, then you can put a ceiling. So when they say that the, the, the ceiling of this generation should be the foundation for the next generation, in financial terms, some people's, some people's reality of that statement is that the pit, yeah, because some people don't leave ceilings or houses, they just leave pits. They, they dig. Ah, guys. Am I not saying the truth? <laughs> Instead of people starting on the, on, at least on the ground, like we are seeing in the scriptures, at least start on the ground for the, for the people coming after you to go up. For them, they dig deep. Yeah, they live there to what? Just financial chaos. So when the next generation comes, instead of building, they are first filling up and sorting everything that was left in, below the ground. Then after that, they also have to build the house, then set up the ceiling for the next generation. Tell your neighbor, it shall not be you. <laughs> no, then this is far from you. <laughs> yeah, far, 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 far from me. Far from me. Yeah. So take me back to the scripture. I'm about to reach my main points. He says, <laughs> a certain went crying out to the prophet. You see, the thing that startles me about this scripture is that the statement that, one of the other things that startles me is the statement that the woman makes. She says that, your servant, my husband, is dead. Okay? Then that next part that says, and you know that your servant did what? the Lord. Why aren't some people reading? They don't fear the Lord. And you know <laughs> that your servant feared the Lord. Ah. Feared the Lord. You see, this man was a son of, of the prophets. In other words, he could hear God's voice and convey God's voice to the people clearly. Yeah? When, like when it comes to spiritual matters. Yeah. He was, a, he, he was a spiritual demagogue. Spiritual demagogue. Distinctions when it comes, as when it comes to spiritual things. Yeah. They quote the KJV. They pray three hours every day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> they move mountains. They cause walls to fall. <laughs> yeah. They are fire spitting. They are demon chasing. When you start fasting, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They take it down. Yeah, you find them on day three of the fast. But they still have energy. Energy. <laughs> the time I did a dry fast and by day three, ish. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't get out of my room. <laughs> I had to call some friends. I'm like, hello, come. Come rescue a son of God. <laughs> He's about to go. Thank <laughs> God I had airtime. <laughs> yeah. So spiritually, eh, they, they tick every box. They dot every eye. Cross, like they are spiritually accurate and consistent. They don't mess up scriptures. Your servant feared 
the Lord. They even fear the Lord. But the next statement, the man feared the Lord and the creditor is coming. What a shock. Feared the Lord, (laughs) creditor is coming. In the same statement, about the same person. You see, just because you fear the Lord doesn't mean that your finances also will fear the Lord. <laughs> okay, just because you fear the Lord doesn't mean that you ace it when it comes to finances. You see, <laughs> you can be salvation, salvation, if, if salvation was a house, okay? If salvation was a house, there are dimensions. That house has many rooms. Let me simplify. That house has many rooms. And once you get saved, you have access to the whole house. Okay? You have access to the whole house. Just because you have access to the whole house doesn't mean that you are experiencing everything that is in every room of that house. At the, at, at the same time. For example, you have access to this building, okay? But your current experience is this auditorium. Some of you have never been to the chapel that is on this building. You don't even know there is a chapel. Yeah. But you're in the what? The building. If they ask you, do, do you did you enter the worship of Esnalia building? You're like, yo, yeah, me, I, I'm even a member. A member. A bonafide, bona fide, bona fide, what is the right word? Mona, educate someone. <laughs> Whatever it is, that one, member. Every Sunday I attend. I even have the certificate. It was signed by the apostle of the house himself. He even welcomed me on where? On stage. Uh-uh. You are a member, but you only have access to the auditorium. Do you understand? So in salvation, some people only have access to the, to the prayer room. When it comes to prayer, ah, yeah, they, they even groan in the spirit. Ah. Yeah, some people, it is the word. They have access to the room of the what? Of the word. They quote scripture. Some people, it is healing. When it comes to healing, they just dispense healing like that, like that. But, but you, can, you can have access to all those rooms and the financial room is locked to you. It, it, it is available for you, but you have not yet accessed it. That's why Jesus tells Peter that I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, not the key. The keys. In keys open padlocks, right? Okay, locks, not just padlocks. And I'll give you the keys. It's right there. Of the kingdom of heaven. It is a kingdom and it has keys. If, it, if one key guaranteed access to everything, then he would have said, and I'll give you the key. Of the kingdom of heaven. 
Are we together? Ah, at least someone has said I'm preaching good. I received this preaching good from the pastor of worship harvest Jesus <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah. So this man had access to the prophetic room. He had the key to the prophetic room. But he did not have the key to the what? The financial room. That's why it is important for us. Those of you who are asking, Akakati, we have come to church. They are telling us about money. What? My dear. Yeah. You need the keys to these rooms. Because otherwise you can live your life serving and fearing God. And you are broke. Not because God wants you broke. No. But because you have not accessed the keys to that financial room. That is what happened with this man. He didn't have access to the kids. So it is a mess. It is a financial what? Mess. See, Apostle Mose one time was preaching and he said that those of you who think that prayer hmm, is, is, the, is the key to financial prosperity are accusing people like Elon Musk of being the greatest intercessors in the world. Oh yeah. Look, if prayer was the key, eh, the only key to financial wealth, eh, Africa would be the richest continent. I kid you not. <laughs> we say, mama, <laughs> mama, mama, mama. We, we would be the wealthiest continent in the world. Oh yeah. If, if that was the, the only key. It is one of the keys, but it's not the only key, in fact. Yeah. Are we together? So are you seeing the mess we are in? Lack of knowledge, generational issues, what? Poverty, 101. Yeah. Poverty is so bad that you, you go and yeah, put collateral, maybe had land, they took. They had a house, they took it. Clothes, they could not sell the clothes, maybe because it was... Yeah, he didn't have enough clothes or whatever it is. To the point that he takes the sons there to be, to be slaves. Amen. So I finished describing the mess. Now, what are the steps this lady took that we can learn? Okay, what are the steps that this lady took to get out of this financial mess? As I was studying, I found six steps. So... Yeah. <laughs> get ready for the six steps that will get you out of a financial mess. Six steps to get you out of a financial mess. Six steps, six steps, six steps to get you out of a financial mess. The time is my friend. The time is my friend. Step one. You'll first leave. Um, Step one, you, you leave verse one up there. That's where the first step is. Step one is quit being a victim. Quit being a victim. Rise up and do something. This woman, eh, when the creditors were coming, eh, this woman didn't just sit in the house eh, and start waiting. I don't know how to wail well. <laughs> it has just occurred to me while I started. <laughs> yeah? 
Oui. We are taking my children. Call my children. Look at my young boy. Over what? The name what? No. Michael son. Michael Kala had a lot of hope in you. Hey, Michael son Andrew. Can can you imagine your father? Your father never took care of us well. Now they are going to come and take you away. What can I do? Munakunze. No, the woman did not just sit there and wail and cry and feel sorry for herself and start having a pity party. To invite, you know whenever you have a pity party, you're inviting all the demons of hell. Yeah, because the Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not pity you. Anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, this woman never sat down there and felt sorry for herself. And then figured out who can I blame? Okay? Instead of doing something, she didn't just sit there and cry and what and feel helpless. No. She got up and did something. She is a powerful person, not a victim. T.F. Eka says in his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, that there is no such thing as a really rich victim. Yeah, there is no such thing as a really rich victim. It's not there. So some of us, when you find yourself in the mess, maybe that you're in or that you've been in before financially, you start feeling sorry for yourself. Okay? Victims, one of the characteristics of, of being victim is, is, is blaming others. Like you f- find someone to blame. My parents. Ah, yeah. My parents. My, uh, government. Let me start with parents. Yeah. My parents. He, Karemi, if my parents had left me with at least an acre of land. If they had at least built a house, we would not be homeless. Eh? At least we would have a place where, at least if they had taken me to school. You see, they never took me to school. So I stopped in Form 3. That is why I don't have money. Me, I'm broke. You see those people who are there talking. Their parents took them to school. Over until when? What? You're looking for someone to blame. You're just being a victim. You're being a victim. Government. Government. Yeah, TGE to serve government. Etuyambe, what emisolo? Let them. Oh, I'm sorry, I am online. We are requesting the government to help us. <laughs> the taxes, what? Then you blame your spouse. Ha! I think it is the person I got married to. Yeah, if I had married another person who probably had money, because one of the three ways you can get money is by marrying into it. It was already late and I didn't have what to do. You see, that is the reason I look, you're blaming someone. It is the school I went to. Hey, those people studied in the colleges and what? Me, I went to a school, a secondary school. It even no longer exists. In fact, it is called preparatory something. I'm not saying those schools are bad, but... <laughs> There is no such thing as a really 
rich victim. They don't exist. Everyone who gets wealthy, like you rise up and do something about your situation. Yeah, you don't just be there. This lady didn't, she went to Elisha. At least she said, okay, let me go look for the guy this person was serving. Yeah, let me go tell him that, look, this is, let me just go and tell him what is happening. At times, your action point is to find other people and tell them, look, this is what is happening. I don't have a job. Yeah, can you, can you find me work to do? There is no such thing as a really rich victim. So quit being and behaving and thinking like a victim. Yeah. Become a powerful person. You are a powerful person. Yes. You're a powerful person. Yeah. Not that I'm saying quit. I am saying that quit living like a victim. I didn't say you're a victim. Because I don't believe that human beings are victims. Human beings are powerful people. They just speak on traits that are not like them. But every human being is a what? Is a powerful person. So the first thing we see in the scriptures, that there is no such thing as a really rich victim. The other thing that victims, people who behave like victims do, besides blaming others, is justifying their situations. Yeah. They try to rationalize. Yeah. Uh, Fena, yeah, we are Tulimu struggle. Tulimu struggle. When people come and tell me those things, I'm like, hello. <laughs> yeah, Gwenani. Yeah. So they, they try and justify, find a reason. All Ugandans are broke. <laughs> You see, even when the prices of fuel went up, yeah, 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 the cars never stopped moving on the road. So please don't say all Ugandans are broke. It is not true. You're just justifying your situation and you're behaving like a victim, which you're not. You should behave like the powerful person you are. Yeah, don't justify it. All the people my age don't have money. Uh -uh. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> You'll be shocked. <laughs> Yeah, you will be shocked. You guys, time, time. <laughs> yeah, economy. Yeah? Yeah? Minister, the minister told us the economy is going like, whoosh. but for me, mine is going like, <laughs> please. Yeah? The economy, Russia, Ukraine, what? Please. No, 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 no. There is no such thing as a really rich victim. Amen. Ah. Point two. Point two. Verse two. Give me verse two. Yeah, we have, we have finally moved. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We have gone to verse two. Bible says, so Elisha said to her, are you there? Can you read with me verse 2? 1, 2, 3, let's go. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maid servant has nothing. But a jar of oil. Ah, what do you have? Recognize and cultivate what you have. That is point two. When this woman goes to the prophet, recognize and cultivate what you have in case you missed it. When this woman goes to the prophet, 
Okay? The first thing, that, the, one of the questions that the prophet asks her, which I find is a question that God asks often, is, what do you have? What do you have at your disposal? That's a question God asked Moses. What do you have? A staff, a stick. I will use that. It's a question he asked David. Not directly. But what do you have? Stones. David had stones. Yeah. That's how he killed smooth stones. That's how he killed Goliath. What do you have? There's a young man in the Bible when, they, when Jesus fed the 5,000 and he was asking the disciples, what, what can we do to these people so we don't send them back hungry? The disciples were like, no, we have but only fish and bread. Yeah. And Jesus used those five loaves and two fish. Two fish and five loaves to feed 5,000 people. What do you have? Yeah. Look, the, when the Bible says that God has given you the power to get wealth in Deuteronomy 8, it means that God has equipped you. God has already empowered you. He has given you certain abilities. Hey, the person on projection, thank you, you're moving fast. Yeah. Thank you for being alert. I don't know who you are, but if you're ready for marriage, may that man come fast. you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. God has given every one of us something. There is something you have. But he needs to use. God is not a magician. Yeah, he's not going to rain down dollars. Dollars from heaven. Which key are you in? Yeah? E. Open the floodgates of heaven. Hey, I want to see some dollars rain. Ha! Ah, God, specifically, US dollars, US dollars. Open the floodgates of heaven, Father. Hey, I want to see some dollars. Hey, I want to see some dollars rain. Hey, no, please, please, please. You people, time. <laughs> God ain't no magician. He has the capacity to rain down money if he wanted. But that is not the way he has chosen to work. We are co-laborers. We are partakers. We participate together. He says, what do you, that's why he says, I will bless the works of your hands. Not the desires in your mind, the work <laughs> of your hands. Yeah. What do you have and what are you doing with it? Oh yeah. You have time, time. You know there's a time when, when time is all I had. Yeah, time. A lot of time in my form six vac. My dad called me when I was going to do my senior six exams. And I love my dad very much because I would not be where I am without his sacrifice. He called me when I was going to do form six vac and he said, Ivan, hmm? my son, said, you see, if you don't get government scholarship, hmm? yeah, I'm not going to pay for you at campus because 
as you can see, I'm the firstborn of seven. Yeah. You have six siblings. But I need to educate at least up to form six. You understand? Eh? Yeah. So he said, this is before I did my exams. That was my motivation for exams. Ah. Yeah. What a way to motivate someone. <laughs> yeah. Motivation. <laughs> yeah. And I was very motivated. Are we on point two? I still have four points to go, right? I should stop telling you many stories. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my motivation. So the moment I finished my papers, hmm, and you see, <clears throat> senior five and senior six, I don't know what had happened to my brain, but I go to O's in math the whole time from senior five first term all the way to senior six mocks. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I did the papers by faith. <laughs> yeah. Sat down, did my papers, finished them. Yeah, I didn't have the miracle story of apostle. What God told you, go and give thanks. The things you read are the things that came in the papers. Wah! Yeah. Me, I went like for the paper. Yeah. You sit, you do the paper, and you wonder huh, who between the two of us. <laughs> so after I did my papers, I went back home. And because I had a lot of time. Yeah. Something, something changed on my screen that I thought had changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so because I had a lot of time in my back, I, what I had at my disposal was time and energy. A lot of time, a lot of energy. Yeah. So I, I didn't become a victim and sit there, eh, me, now, campus, what? I, I set out with a plan. What am I going to do to fund my tuition at campus? Yeah, so I started looking for a job. Yeah, my dad could not connect me. So the first job I got was in a, in, a, in a company. I won't tell you the name of the company. Yeah. Because, yeah, the things I'm about to tell you about it might not be very good. So it was in a company and I was being paid 1,500 shillings per day. Yeah, for working for 12 hours from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uganda shillings. Ah. And before you laugh at me, I was working with people who were older, who had families, and they were being paid one five. Oh, yeah. It's not in 1950 something. <laughs> it's in the 2000s, late 2000s. Yeah. So I'm earning one five what? I worked there for exactly four days, and I quit. I'm like... Mm. <laughs> yeah. One five, I don't see the plan how we are going to go to university on one five per day. <laughs> I'm like, ah, no, please, please. Yeah, even the 6K, I left it there. I said, Father, I have learned. Yeah, I've gotten wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. I've gotten wisdom. It's enough. I've gone. <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah, I went on the village. I started looking for jobs. You see, I worship leader, what? Between on the village. So you're like, man, there are some jobs that they can't see me doing. Yeah, but after doing that thing, I said, ah, the jobs they can't see me doing are the ones paying people fairly good money. Yeah. So I went, I, I first started by cleaning the tiles. So on our village, we had many homes had tiles, those old, that old version of tiles, crown tiles. So I went, uh, and they would be get dirty after some time. So I bought omo and a brush. Yeah? And I would go on top of the roof. I started with our home. Quatch, quatch, quatch. 
yeah, the whole, all the tiles, they became clean. I said, ah, I've gotten a business idea. Yeah. I started going to families. I had energy and time. Yeah. Families, yeah. Job, please. Yeah. One of the people who, who was there is seated in the congregation here. So, yeah. so I went to the family, started scrubbing, scrubbing tiles, what I was paid, until all the houses with certain tiles got done. Like our last master, we haven't saved up enough money. <laughs> we need to do something else. I went into construction. I started construction. Yeah. But I, of course, I wasn't experienced. So I came in. What is porter in, in English? Porter, <laughs> yeah. Is porter an English word? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we, we used to say against the kupota. So in my head, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I started serving at, at construction sites. That's what I started doing. I had energy. What was I doing? Sending bricks. Every work, bricks. Yeah, you stand. You, you know, where is that? They send you. You had that chain. Yeah, mixed concrete. We didn't have concrete mixers. You would put concrete big thing of concrete and you had a hole we had a certain technique eh, of <laughs> mixing the concrete on the ground yeah and you had to take it up quickly before it sets and come yeah and you had to pour constantly those were some of the hardest days I tell you, because I was the youngest I was in charge of preparing the meals for the people constructing so somewhere in between there, I had to watch over the beans that were boiling. I had to go and buy the spices because they gave you money for food on that day. It never came before. So you can't say I bought the things in advance. No. Yeah, so you, you buy the thing, then mingle the portion what? All the while, you're still doing all the other things. Yeah, around you. Multitask. Hey, what did I have? Time and what? Energy. And boy, did I work. Ah, yeah. Yeah, they were paying me 10K every day. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, kare kare ko here. At least it's a big upgrade from one five. One five like that, 10K. <laughs> I worked passionately, passionately. Six days a week until my results came back. When my results came back and I realized I was going to go on government, I quit working. Oh, how foolish I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I finally got the A in math, what all those other things I wanted to do engineering on government. So I'm like, ah, uh-uh. yeah, I'm not working. Zenko zewo, yeah, let me, let us enjoy it for the rest of the work. After all, the government pays people when they go to campus, apparently. So that, that was foolish then. If if I was wise, I would have continued working. All I am saying is recognize and cultivate what you have. What gift do you have? What skill do you have? What opportunities, relationships do you have? You had the person in business garage, printer, in school, they start. Yeah. Websites, they start. Like, what do you have at your disposal? Ask your neighbor, what do you have? Do you recognize it and are you using it? Yeah. Every time you go to God with a challenge, especially financial challenges, he will always ask you, what do you have that I can work with? And please don't belittle the thing that you have. Don't think it is nothing. Amen. Uh, I have to continue because my time. Point three. Point three. Give me verse three. Hey. These ones I'm going to just mention quickly. Point three says, then he said, 
Go borrow vessels from everywhere. Ah, they forgot 10. Go borrow vessels from everywhere. Awesome. From all your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not gather. Just a what? Just a few. The next thing you need to have after you recognize what you have is you need to set up vehicles, channels through which you can receive money. Yeah. That's what happened. Give me back the scripture. You'll put the points up after. This, this, this lady is instructed to go borrow vessels from everywhere. Vessels. Not one vessel. She was told to go and borrow what? Vessels. Different income streams. Those of you that have done the Straightforward Financial Growth Mastermind, even those that have not yet, or if you've read the book Straightforward Financial Growth, which you must read, in ca- if you're in Worship Harvest, even if you're watching us online and you're not. Pastor Mose talks about income streams. Yeah. Most wealthy people have different streams of income. Yeah, bringing in money to them different streams of income. So don't just settle with one thing. He says, go borrow vessels from everywhere. Many vessels. It only do not gather just a few. Many vessels. Donald Trump, when he was going to be president, they had to evaluate the businesses. He had stakes in ETC and they found out that he had stakes in more than 500 businesses. More than 500 businesses. Most wealthy people don't just have one stream of income. Because when that stream dries up one day, for one reason or another, maybe someone has decided to construct a dam or something that you don't have control over and the stream stops flowing. If you have only one, you're finished. Yeah, woe away unto you. Okay, woe unto you. Those of you that have not understood my German. Yeah, woe unto you. If you have only one stream, make it a point to have more than one income stream. And it's possible for you to have them. Because if your only income stream is salary, the day your boss wakes up and says, yeah, we are sorry. Show me your back as the distance between us increases. Thank you for serving us. God bless you. We love you very much. Please. Yeah. The day that happens, ah, yeah, Disaster. Disaster. So ha, gather many vessels. I told you these ones. I'm not going to say many. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm not going to say a lot. Yeah. Set up vessels. He needs vessels to work with. How many income streams do you have? Yeah. When you sit down and look at your document, how many different channels are bringing in money? Because the limitation is not with the source. The limitation is with your channels. The source is God, right? He's the source of wealth. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. That's what the scripture says. So if God is the source, okay, that means he's unlimited. So you, the person receiving, you're the one who is limiting him. Yeah, you're the one who is limiting him. Remember one time we were instructed to open up more than one bank account. Yeah, I used to have one bank account. Then I went into a mastermind and I was told you need to have more than one bank account, including one of a foreign currency. Now, I'd never received foreign currency in my life, ever. So the day I opened the bank account, my USD account, 
I, I received dollars immediately on that day, the same day. Yeah. Do you know what heaven was waiting for? A bank account, a channel. UGX, one bank account. Yeah. So have many, many what? Channels. This applies even to businesses. Yeah. Many clients, many channels. Don't rely on only one client. The day anything happens to them. Yeah, your business is cooked. The next point, which is the fourth, because of time, I'll cut down on other things. The fourth point, he says, have a, he says, do not gather just a few. So in other words, have a big vision for your business. Don't have a small vision. Have a big vision. Provision is simply resources for the vision. Provision, resources for the vision. The bigger your vision, most likely the more resource you will have. Because if you have a small vision, why do you need a lot of money? You know, like the people who went to the prayer mountain that Apostle Moses often talks about. Yeah. And one was calling upon God. Give them 50,000 Uganda shillings. Father, 50,000 shillings. Kada bastokoba, 50, 50,000 shillings. Uganda shillings, you know, are the ones he's praying for. Then this person got so irritated with who was next to them. He said, Kakati, now this one. Yeah, they are taking space and oxygen. They are asking for 50,000. So they went, gave the person 50k. They said, ah, here is your 50k. Yeah, to vide, let us. <laughs> yeah. Let us pray. You, you're here, 50k. Yeah, you don't need to call upon God for 50k. Let us give it to you and you go. Uh, those of us who have bigger needs <laughs> and bigger vision, let us do it. Have a big vision. Yeah, your vision was not created to just be limited to Charlie Wajala, like Apostle likes to say. Yeah. You have a big vision. Yeah. Let not your reason for making money be FMF. Feed my family. Let it be FMN. Mm. You know what FMN is? Feed many nations. Yeah, it can't be FMF. Feed my family, feed my family. Yeah, if your business, if, if your target is to just feed your family, yeah, God will give you enough to feed your family. Oh yeah. And I kid you not, it won't be a lot. I'm telling you the truth. It won't be a lot. If you, the goal is for you to just feed your family. Let's do a quick exercise. Brother, do I have time for an exercise? It's okay. Let's do it. Think about the money you earned last month. Okay, this month. Okay, last month. And multiply it by 1,000. Whatever figure it is, just multiply it by 1,000. How to do that? You just add three zeros on the money. Have you, have you done so? Or are you still waiting for another instruction? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you another one is to follow instructions. But this one, <laughs> this particular one. Hey, you people, why are they saying this? Is your time correct? Is, is, my ta- is your time correct? Oh, man. Okay. I don't think that thing is correct. I need to be sorted. Uh, yeah, have you multiplied it? What does the, the figure make you feel? Huh? Excited. Eh? Excited. 
powerful, shocked. I can't tell you to share with your neighbor because, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people might start saying, no, me, I'm still calculating, please. Yeah, my figures are too big. Yeah, <laughs> are yours ready? Share yours. Multiply it by 1,000. What would happen? What if that's the money you are making every month? Hmm. And it's possible. But you see, the scripture says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask think or imagine okay it's in Ephesians must be chapter 3 I think verse 20 all is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask think or imagine so the issue is not God's ability no God is never going to be shocked at your big dream he's like ah yeah 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 look what a big dream no please <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ability, it's not the issue, is not with God. God desires to give you even much more than you can think, but He wants you to have a big vision for your finances. So, what's the vision for your finances? What's the vision for your business? How big is it? I've just given you one way to make it bigger, just multiply it by 1,000. Multiply it by 1,000. Yeah, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. What is the destiny of your business? Amen. Two more points and we'll be done. Two more, two more, two more. What was the first one? Some people are not saying. What was the first point? The second one. Ah, they have saved some people. The third one. And then the fourth. Have a big vision for your finances. Amen. The fifth, ah, I like this one. A fifth, give me verse five. When this lady received the instruction, the Bible says that, so she went from him and shut the door behind her as she had been instructed and her sons. Who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out? Okay? The next, the next point here is take action now. Yeah. Take action when? Now. This lady did not go and create a committee. Hmm? And say now, we need a committee, okay? She created a committee to vet the people who need to sit on the committee. That's not what she did. That's how some people do, 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 do function. You create a committee to vet the people that need to sit on the committee, okay? And then after vetting the people that need to sit on the committee, you call for a meeting of those people. Okay. Once you come for the meeting of the people who need to sit on the committee, you first review the minutes of the previous meeting hmm? where you that, that vetted the committee, and then after you review the minutes, eh? <laughs> yeah, every committee member introduces themselves. Okay. After they've introduced themselves, you set you set the time. <clears throat> you, you you guys go go around again and you agree in the committee meeting. For the next meeting to happen when you will come and discuss eh, what sort of vessels you need to borrow. Then you come. You go do research about the types of vessels in your neighborhood. Yeah. Then you come back. Yeah. Everyone presents the vessels they did what? They researched about. Yeah. Then you, then you vote. After you have voted, then you set up a committee that will go and collect the vessels that you have agreed upon. 
Yeah, then you agree on the budget, the transport to go bring the vessels and the transport to bring them back. What mode of transport will be used? It is like you are wasting time. Do it now. Do it when? Now, not tomorrow. That's what this woman did. She she acted immediately. Some of us are broke because we don't act immediately. Because at times money and business are an opportunity and timing game. An opportunity comes like pop, you miss it, you're, yeah, it's gone, gone. Because you are not prepared for it. Do it when? Now, not tomorrow. Now, start saving now. Write down the income streams now. Go find a job now. Start tithing now. Don't postpone the things. Because that's not the way life works. Yeah. There's an exercise that John Maxwell advises in the book. Um, in the book, I forget the title of the book. I think it is 15 Invaluable Laws or something. One of those books of his about leadership. And he tells people, every time they wake up in the morning, okay, to say this thing, do it now, 50 times. And every time before they go back to bed, before they go to bed, they should say, do it now, 50 times. So imagine you wake up. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Do it now, now, do it 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 now as you make more steps. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Do it now, I say do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Even sing a song, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, do fifty times. He he tells people to do that because most people are procrastinators in their heads. And I don't know many wealthy people who are procrastinators. Yeah. Most of them, they just jump on opportunities like that. And they do it now. You should try that exercise if you find that you struggle with procrastination. People, time. The final one. I promise this is the last one. Yeah. The last one. So the the fifth is take action now. The last one, give me verse 6 and 7. He says, now it came to pass when the vessels, when the vessels were full, but she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, it's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. So the oil stopped flowing because the vessels were done. Income streams. Yeah. The channels were done, so the oil stopped flowing. But that's not the point I want to talk about. The point is in verse 7. He says, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, can you say it with me? Go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest now this one was an interesting one to see okay but what I saw in this scripture was systems set up systems for your business there is no way these people are going to live on the rest of the oil if they had not set up systems to keep that oil going They were sorted for life. When he says, go sell the oil, there was a system, I believe, to sell the oil. Pay your debt, and you and your sons do what? Live on the rest. They don't tell us how long they lived, but I assume that they were sorted for the rest of their lives. They never needed to go to any other person to beg or whatever, because they had a system that was ensuring provision for them for the rest of their lives. So one of the things that you need to do for your life and for your businesses and for your income streams is to set up systems that don't depend on you. Yeah. God is a systems person. 
He said, let there be. The sun you see here yeah, is the same sun that Joshua commanded to be still. And it stood still. And if, that same sun you see rising and setting every day. It has been rising and setting from the time he said, let there be. He has never come to, to, to change and say, no, no. now you need to rise from the north. Yeah, and set in the south. Okay, I think mm, I'm bored. Now you need to rise from the north, northeast. Hmm? And set in the south. Some <laughs> people don't remember those things on the campus. North, northeast, south, south what? No. Systems, people and processes that guarantee the flow of income. That guarantee the flow of income. So you need to set up those processes. Someone said that systems help ordinary people achieve extraordinary results predictably. Hmm. Systems help ordinary people achieve extraordinary results predictably. So, those are the six ways you can get yourself out of a financial mess into prosperity for your life from that story that we just read in the scriptures. Amen. Do you receive the word of God this morning? I invite us to stand up. If you can, just lift up your voice and just start praying in the spirit. Come on, lift up your voice. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for the wisdom that we've learned from the scripture, Lord, Second Kings. Thank you for the opportunity we have to love you, to serve you. Thank you for the blessing that we have to be made rich. Lord, we receive wisdom. Every one of us here, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Don't be quiet. Lift up your voice. Thank God for wisdom. Receive wisdom and grace. Understanding to practice these principles. Father, we receive wisdom. Even as we pray for wisdom, while the rest of us are continuing to pray, the scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So this morning, I know there are people in this place, you've never given your life to Jesus. Yeah, and you came this morning, you are invited by a friend or you're watching online, you are invited by someone and you've never given your life to Jesus. This morning, I want to give you the opportunity of a lifetime to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It's the only decision that has eternal consequences. It's a decision that will give you access to the room, to the kingdom of heaven, to the room of salvation, where there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if you're in this place this morning, while the rest of us pray, please lift up your voice. Don't be passive in this moment. If you can pray in the Spirit, pray. If you can't pray in the Spirit, pray with understanding. Use your words, the language you understand best, and pray. If you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I would like you to put up your hand. I want to pray with you to receive Jesus this morning. If you're in the room, yeah, even if you're online at the different hosting centers and you've never received Jesus, I'd like you to put up your hand. We'd like to pray with you. Put up your hand until I see it. Thank you so much for those hands. Pastors, I need you to walk to those people. Thank you so much for that hand, my sister. Thank you so much for those hands. Could you please bring those people to the front? While the rest of us continue to pray and celebrate, if someone next to you put up their hand, please bring them here to the front. Come on, come to the front. We do this because we are not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, we know it is the power of God unto salvation, and it's the best decision you'll ever make in your lives. You're welcome. Just, just stand. 
you're welcome come on the rest of us as you continue to appreciate Jesus come on I don't hear you people celebrating the souls that have come just shake my hand stand don't stand behind anyone oh you're escorting someone I like it yeah if you're still there please don't be left out it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life best decision is there anyone else you are there and you've never given your life to Jesus please come 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 to Jesus he's knocking at your door this morning don't shut don't close the door to him if you are there put up your hand I want to pray with you I'm willing to wait about about 10 seconds for you yeah because it's the most important thing we can do are you there is there anyone that has stayed for whatever reason are you there okay can we celebrate Jesus for these souls that have come to know him today hey I said you should celebrate more than you celebrate anything else man those of you at the front welcome you're going to just say this prayer after me and you'll be born again okay say Lord Jesus thank you for loving me thank you for dying for me today I believe in my heart that you're the son of God and that you are raised from the dead and I boldly confess that you are my Lord and Savior take my life fill me with the Holy Spirit and do something significant with my life today I declare that I am born again in Jesus name amen because you prayed that prayer this morning you are born again welcome to the family of God pastor Hamia is over there and um, please um, go to him he's going to just take down your names would like to just walk the journey with you and pray with you can we celebrate our brethren who have joined the family if you are online and you just prayed that prayer please contact us on plus two five six seven seven five six four two four four nine plus two five six seven seven five six four two four four nine and we'll plug you into a mission or community amen for the rest of us i would like to pray a blessing over you father thank you for your children that have come to garage to this service this morning in the house and online lord i pray your blessing your blessing that maketh rich and addeth not sorrow oh god i declare increase in their lives oh god father i declare that if anyone amongst us is sick i declare healing in their bodies that by the time they step out of this building that ailment and pain and disease and cancer whatever it is oh God will be healed in the name of Jesus I declare Lord that this week is going to be a glorious week for all your children I declare that your favor will surround them as a shield I declare that wherever they turn wherever they go they will be favored I declare prosperity I declare joy someone receive joy in your spirit you've been going through a painful time and I declare this morning that from today you're going to walk in joy abundance of joy someone receive peace yeah you went through a bad business deal that has been causing turmoil in your heart I declare peace that surpasses human understanding to guard and keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus father I thank you and I bless your name for every person in this place in Jesus name we pray amen thank you so much for coming out today can we celebrate Jesus for a powerful powerful service we've had
you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.